0: Welcome
1: to Zero Broke Girls. I'm Jules. And I'm Joe. We started Zero Broke Girls as a way to empower women to take control of their money. We think the
0: first step is to simply start talking about it. So that's what we're going to do. We're so grateful you've joined us for this week's episode. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. And thanks so much for tuning in this week for our conversation with Tara. Tara is a life and mindset coach focused on sustainable living, conscious consumption, and purchasing with purpose. She's based out of New York where she's lived for just over 10 years. Tara works with women to help them make better buying decisions with a focus on the long-term journey and taking small steps in every area of their lives. She focuses on enriching her clients' lives, demanding better, valuing quality over quantity, experiences over mindless card swipes, we've all been there, and using money to positively impact others. Our conversation with Tara centered around moving towards more sustainable buying decisions, the concept of imperfect sustainability, and being kind to yourself throughout the process, remembering that it's a journey. We can't wait for you to hear this week's episode.
1: Well, thanks for joining us. We're so excited that you're here.
2: Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you.
1: So to kick things off, can you maybe tell us a bit about yourself and your personal journey with money? Yeah, definitely. I mean, myself,
2: I've lived in New York for 10 years, so I feel like my money journey has really been here. than when I was home, you know, I think just trying to keep up with the city and what it has to offer and then eventually realizing you just have to do what works for you. Uh, I worked a lot when I was younger. I've always had, I started working when I was 11 and I've always had like three to five jobs, you know, working was just what I was used to. So um, I have always enjoyed having money, but I would say it was in the last, you know, several years that I really realized how money could be used and kind of the power per se that it could hold. I think it's an evolving journey. Um, there's always something to learn about it. And I think really paying attention to it is what's changed my approach to money instead of, you know, it being bad or scary or not knowing, just really kind of diving into that information and trying to listen and learn and give attention to it because it is, it's an energy in and of itself. So I think approaching it in that way is really helpful.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's so true. So how did you become passionate about intentional spending?
2: Well, of it comes from around sustainability and kind of this conscious consumption. So it's a similar approach, you know, just really kind of taking time to think about how you're spending, why you're spending, um, you know, is it something that's going to add to your life? Are you just buying it because it's a trend or something someone else has? And I mean, we've all fallen victim to that. I've definitely gone to the store to get an outfit that I needed for that night. (laughs) Um, But I've also realized, you know, that can be a trap and lead to other money issues. So I think for me, just pausing and in regards to sustainability, a lot of it is thinking too about the ripple effect of what that purchase is and what it means, whether it's, you know, something cheap or quick or easy and how is it made and um, kind of the power that you're giving to it when you're buying as well. So I think the intentional part stems from that and my love of just purchasing products that are have an impact. Um, so just kind of slowing down and just taking some time to really think about the product and not just buying to buy, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like for you, it's more, it's more than just about the price of something. It's really- Absolutely. Not only what it can do for your life, but what, how it was made, the supply chain, how it impacts the environment, all of that stuff together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think you have to be mindful and have that intention as you buy to to kind of care about that and to step into that space and just realize that, sure, you're buying a product, but it's not, it doesn't just impact you. And there, you know, there is a whole line of people that are involved in that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually something we talk about a lot because it's sometimes it's so difficult to figure out even where things come from. Mm-hmm. We have this conversation about Amazon all the time. You can need something and you go on there and it's exactly what you need, but you have absolutely no idea who made it, how they made it, where it's coming from.
2: I mean, I remember for several years too, I would ask someone, I've tried to just switch to natural uh, textiles and you know products and you know it's still hard and you don't always get it right, but just asking people, like, oh, I love that sweater. Or like, what is it made of? And they not even knowing that, or, or where the tag was, or like, where to even find that information, um, let alone, you know, how it was made and where it came from, its origins in regards to like, the actual makeup of the product and, um, yeah, the whole supply chain
0: of it. I think for so many people, like the convenience of, you know, just buying something quickly and like Mm -hmm. it being delivered the next day, can sometimes trump the details of everything, but I think it's so important. I mean, yeah, like Joe said, we've been talking about it a lot. It's one of our goals this year is to be a lot more intentional about which businesses we support and what types of products we buy. And it, in itself, like it, t- it takes a lot, of, a lot of time to actually do all the research
2: and find all those products. I mean, I think that's part of it. the not problem. I mean, we have all led ourselves to this place to just, yes. you know, pay for convenience and mm-hmm. wanting it now. Obviously the last year has been a different situation, um, but yeah, it takes time and you do have to care, but I think realizing the impact that that dollar can have. Not only in your own life, if you're buying, you know, something that is natural or better for you, but also just the impact on the planet and the people that need it as well. Um, But it it takes effort and I think a different mindset to step into that place and want to make that decision, but everyone's capable of it. Um, And we've seen it more in the last year as well, just supporting small businesses or, um, yeah, just this local places. I mean, I even did that the other day. I wanted to buy a book, and I was like, went to Amazon first, and I was like, nope, no, no,
1: no, <laughs> like
2: I need to get a yeah. local bookshop, you know. And it definitely took ten days to get the book instead of two, but you know, yeah,
1: it's like ultimately weighing what's more important to you: the convenience of the moment versus some of those other values. Did you find when you started thinking about it, like how long did it take you to really start doing that for all of your purchases? Or are you even at that place yet? I mean, I want to
2: say I'm at that place, but yeah. I don't. But I don't think that I am. You no, know? because I mean, I've tried sure. to. This, yeah, it it is a hundred percent. Or even you think you get something right, and now I'm looking at all of our recycling. I'm like, okay, I recycle, but there's still a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, <laughs> it takes time, and I just tried to start in one area of my life and slowly make changes instead of just thinking that I had to overhaul it or. Throw out everything because it's not natural or a great product. You know, finishing what you have first before you buy something new. So I would say the journey is five to eight years ago. You know, it's taken time and evolved, and my knowledge has grown, and I've found different brands. I think it's a lot more accessible now as far as products and brands that are out there as well, which makes it easier. You know, and major retailers carrying it as well. There's a lot more stuff at Target or Walmart or Amazon. Even if that's the only place so you can shop, you have Better options now as
1: well. You obviously spend most of your time working in this area with women, um, helping them on this journey. Why do you feel that it's such an important thing for women specifically to start focusing on?
2: The stats are there. Women spend, you know, seventy to eighty percent of consumer purchasing. Um, they make the majority of the purchases or decisions too for their household. Um, I would say, especially during the last year, I'm sure they're making more decisions as more women have left the workforce and taking care of the family. But we just have such a large hold on consumer buying power and the decisions and what drives businesses. And I think that power too, even if a company doesn't necessarily want to change or make more sustainable choices, that they will if the money is there and the you know consumer is there and willing to spend it. And I mean, that's capitalism. They, they want the money. So why don't we use that in a good way? So yeah, I think for me, it's just, they just have such a large spending power, um, and do make so many decisions for their families.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to think of it from an influence perspective versus an earnings perspective. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting that even though we do control so much of the other spend, like how that hasn't already kind of made its way through, Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of interesting to think about because obviously the sustainability aspect and the environment and what's good for our kids and what's safe, that's always been at the forefront of what women are advocating for and talking about. But for whatever reason, I mean, I think it's slowly shifting, but definitely it'll be interesting to see over the next few years how it propels or accelerates based on all the new information that's coming out and things that are happening in the world. Yeah, I mean
2: ultimately the goal, yes, I want women to have more money, too, just like you said. I mean, it's... Don't we all? Yeah, showing sure, again, <laughs> again, it's like it goes back to the community, and it just has this bigger ripple effect for everyone involved. So, I mean, if you can combine that with the consumer, you know, buying power that you have, like, can, can you only imagine what can be done? So, yes, I'm hoping that, that they both evolve together, and that can change. Definitely. more money yeah. for one.
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I feel like women, well, first of all, they spend more on products because we have, you know, the-
1: We need more things also. But we also need
0: more things and we're covering our body and more chemicals and we have our skincare routines and we're talking to our friends about the latest products and we're trying to figure out what products we need and always looking for the latest things and just seems like we need more things or at least we're buying more things like that.
2: We buy more. We do need more, but I think- Yeah, we're also kind of sold that we need more as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. What types of services do you offer and what are the types of transformations that you help women achieve?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think my main one right now is uh, one-on-one coaching. So a sustainability coaching. Um, And I really focus on um, kind of consumer buying behaviors, money management, um, and then also a lot of mindset work. So I do think a lot of this starts with mindset and just making... Goals and setting intentions for your life and your home space and what you want um, and looking at that through the lens of sustainability. So that's one of my big ones. Um, I also do like sustainable home audits. So we just do a call and kind of walk through your space, whether you have a certain room you want to focus on um, or just an overall kind of download of what you can do um, to start making those changes because it can seem overwhelming and you know, thinking that you have to do it all at one time. Um, and then we'll do a couple coaching calls after that. I do decorating as well. So intentional decorating. So again, that doesn't mean you have to throw out all of your things to bring something in, but just taking this mindful approach to what you're buying, why you're buying it and how it's made. I think there's a lot of great social good, you know, sustainable natural products out there that are just as beautiful and design driven as mainstream ones.
1: So do you focus primarily on like home decor and, you know, furniture, rugs, Cushions, that kind of stuff. Okay. -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a really Mm -hmm. interesting space. Thank
2: you. I think a lot of it came from, I mean, I used to travel a lot before 2020. Um, Ah, I'm really passionate about, yeah, artisans and that whole work. So I think just going to all these countries and seeing the products and seeing what true art and design is like and the impact that that can have is really what led to this. You know, I think those are always the finishing touches on the home. I mean, obviously, I want deeper practices as far as everyday use and, you know, products and kitchen and all of that. But I think to finish your home off in this way and really have your home reflect your values and beliefs is where my
1: heart's at. Do you find when you're searching for items or you're potentially, you always go back to the same types of artisans and things like that. Are you based on the kind of sustainable practices and the values that you have more drawn towards the smaller stores or shops versus kind of large companies or, it, or do you find that it's still a mix of a little bit still of everything?
2: a mix definitely um because I think a lot of that goes back to price point as well um you know I am aware that a lot of these products cost more um which is another perk if more people start buying in this way the price will go down you know a lot of it's market driven yeah exactly um, so I, I, like a mix and I definitely feel like the more I dive into it, the more brands I find. And, um, so some are small and some are big. Well, do you have, you talked
0: about kind of traveling and having some influences from there. Do you have like a particular region that
2: you are like more influenced by or that you kind of go back to? I mean, Bali, which I know it has its own magic to it, but they have a lot of beautiful products there and, you know, are very driven to make stuff in the natural way as far as the aesthetic and how it's actually made. And yeah. um, I don't know, it just has a sense of calm and relaxation and, and then Morocco as well. Oh. Um, I love that. I went to Oaxaca as well. And I like them a lot for their ceramics. I mean, they have beautiful textiles and great furniture. Um, for me, it's a little bit too much color in my own home, but their ceramics is beautiful. I did a big trip with um a community there and we kind of went through the whole process of how they make their ceramics and digging for the clay and the different processes so that was beautiful to see wow! those are three places that really uh, stuck with me and I will continue to revisit
1: so what surprised you the most when you started working with women kind of on this journey and in this space
2: I mean I think a lot of it stems from the mindset just thinking that it's an all or nothing, or it's an unattainable lifestyle. I mean, especially online, a lot of it seems to be this kind of perfect, curated, you know, natural looking lifestyle. Um, You know, I've had those feelings too. I mean, even now it's like, oh, I just want to change everything at one time, but is that the responsible choice? And is that really going to make me feel any different? Um, So just think the feeling of overwhelm and lack of confidence um, in regards to what how to make the good buying decision what that looks like you know whether that's certification they should look for or certain kind of key drivers um, but if everyone just makes a couple small changes I mean that collective action will make a big impact so I think that's a lot of what my messaging is too is it doesn't have to be all at once or all or nothing and it doesn't mean that you still can't enjoy your life it's finding what works for you and making changes over time.
0: Going back to being kind with yourself and that, because we were saying before that it's a goal to move towards more intentional spending, Mm -hmm. but you have this goal. It seems like it's pretty attainable and then you start going through it and you're like, Oh gosh, like maybe that wasn't super intentional or I don't necessarily know the story behind that product, but Mm -hmm. I needed it quickly. And that was a good price. So kind of weighing and really, going through it with the
2: balance. Yeah. I've seen out there a lot, um, kind of imperfect sustainability, which I love because I mean, it is going to be like that. I, yeah. mean, I love and preach all of this, but I'm not perfect. Well, <laughs> and it is. It to be, You know, <laughs> especially this last year, like having to do plastic and all these gloves, like I can't, you know, there's some things you can't control or you're in certain situations. Uh, yeah, I think having grace and just allowing yourself the time to make lasting changes i mean the same would apply if you're trying to do a diet you can do a crash course and lose weight and it'll you know feel great but is that gonna last for long are you setting yourself up with a habit that will be a part of your life and you know yeah is it, it sustainable really? <laughs> it's sustainable exactly yeah you know? and that, that word's hard for people too i'm trying to break that down because there's not really definition for that. And I think everyone, there's some confusion around that word and what does that mean? And what does that mean to me? So that's been a fun journey too to kind of work with people. And I think you have to define it for yourself as well. Yeah. So what does sustainability mean to you? Yeah. I mean, the word itself is, you know, kind of sustaining where you are now, but to me, I see it more as an evolution, um, you know, and, the choices that I make now are for a better tomorrow. And just keeping that in mind. And I think the same thing applies, you know, with money as well. So, you know, I could use all my money now and that would be a great day. But if I set some aside for later, it's only setting myself up for more success um, and happiness later in life. So.
1: Well, I think you said it really well at the beginning when you were saying that you try to align, you know, your goals with, how you want to live your life and then see how the purchasing comes in versus starting with what do you want to buy? Right. Right. That's not really the question that you're trying to answer.
2: Yeah. I think you align your values with, you know, your financial choices and um, how do you work towards that? And yeah, I mean, a lot of it's things that I want to buy too. I mean, I have so many bookmarks and things saved that I want to buy, you know, but I just save them and I think about it. And is that going to work for my life now? Yeah.
0: What do you see people struggling with when starting this journey?
2: A lot of people thinking it's too expensive so they can't make these changes. Um, just overwhelmed of what's out there and what to look for. And some of that's connected to lack of confidence in regards to knowing how to make a good buying decision. Yeah, and just thinking that it's not, it's not like approachable for them, you know, kind of has to be that all or nothing. Um, so yeah, I think it's a lot of that just, wanting to make the changes but not to where to start and then feeling like the changes that they're going to make aren't good enough or um you know won't really lead to the life that they want because it's not you know overhauled in a way <laughs> yeah it takes time it does yeah it takes time I mean I think that I mean that goes back to the instant gratification or you know wanting things convenient I mean it takes time to to make the changes and to say no to things and to be intentional about spending and not get what you want right away you know it's and just kind of waiting to buy things as you need them as well um I mean I think we were five years in term marriage and I was like oh we don't have a cookie sheet you know <laughs> instead of just assuming that because you're at this stage of life you're going to need x y and z it's That's so true
0: uh, it is so true I mean I- proof of that I was staying with my uh, younger sister and I'm like do you have like a baking sheet and she's like oh yeah I think so and I look at it and I pull it out it didn't even fit in her oven like it was Oven, and she was too big I'm like we've never used this yeah I guess I didn't really need it
2: <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah so, totally <laughs> so you mentioned this a little bit but purchasing sustainably obviously often comes with a premium.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and that can be a little bit intimidating to some people or potentially just even out of reach and not possible. What are you seeing in the industry to make sustainable products more accessible? Are you seeing shifts? Are you seeing the price come down over time?
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, the, there are more people, I think shopping in this way. And the more that people do, the more that those prices can be, you know, driven down and made more accessible. Um, I do think that there's more platforms that are trying. I mean, more so in kind of the cleaning food space. I mean, there's Thrive Market or, you know, um, Public Goods. I think that there are some companies that are trying to make it more accessible. Their price points are really great. Um, but I think to realizing some of the saving costs that will come with some of these products, I mean, again, these are both cleaning supplies, but like Blue Land or Drops, really, they do kind of concentrated. Um, cleaning supplies, and laundry detergent. But that's because most of the stuff that you buy, 80% of it's water. So you're just paying for water in a plastic bottle, essentially. Um, so I think starting to think about these choices in a different way and that there is actual savings cost over time, especially if you're doing some things with your home as well, um, more of like structure or you know, energy saving and all of that. I think just needing to approach it, but I mean, there are prices that are coming down and I think that there's more brands, especially small brands. And most of those are still pretty great prices that are starting their companies in this way, instead of being these large companies that are now having to make choices and having a harder time um,
1: producing in a sustainable, more eco-friendly way. It's funny. Cause when we were, we were talking with someone else about um, the that being event being in venture capital and kind of startups mm-hmm. and we were saying, the the industry itself is so broken that it's actually easier for women probably to just start their own structure because they can start it from scratch and they don't inherit all of this kind of you know institutional disaster that yeah. is currently there and it sounds like you're seeing that as well in yeah in your space which is really cool
2: it's true it's true. And being more intentional with what you spend and maybe you're not purchasing every single week. So then you save all that money. And so then you're actually investing in a better quality piece. And I think just looking at that in regards to spending is investing in these pieces versus buying to buy um, and to fill a need. Yeah, that mindset shift, right? The investment part of it.
0: So what advice would you give to anyone who's starting to think about
2: spending more intentionally? Yeah. I mean, I think a good place to start is, I mean, think about the values, think about maybe some future purchases that you want to make and, you know, make a list um, and look through it as, is this a need or a want? And is this is like a like versus a buy uh, A like versus a love. I mean, I really try to always love the things I bring in and then just take it slow. Um, you know, just maybe focus on one area of your home. And as you, purchase for that area, whatever it might be, kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, you know, just start to look at every product and start to make changes there. Um, But I think a lot of it is just a slow journey and thinking outside of how is this going to impact me, how will it impact others? The taking time
0: to think about it is something that's really helped me. I know at the beginning of the pandemic, like anytime I like thought of something I needed, I was on my phone and it was purchased in like 30 mm. seconds. It was, yeah. it was ridiculous. You know, one I click like purchase is set up was really bad
1: for that though, because there was yeah. this crazy, scarcity mindset all of a sudden where you were like are they going to close down supply chains are we going to be able to get anything let's just buy anything we can think of that we might need over the next
0: five months yeah and you're spending more time at home and so there's different things that maybe you didn't have before that you think all of a sudden you need but what I it was just I was spending so much money on you know as soon as it popped into my head it was like you know getting delivered the next day and I think it was actually talking to you, Joe, where you were like, well, have you considered just like writing a list and then spending on, you know, Sunday, be your online spend day. Mm -hmm. And I implemented that and like Sunday would roll around and 90% of the things on my list were crossed off. Like
1: not required. It's crazy how much in the moment we can think we need something and within 24 hours, we don't even want it anymore.
2: Exactly. I mean, so that's a great, if if you shop like that, I mean, that's a great thing to start to implement is just write it down, wait 24, 48 hours, and then see if you really want it. I mean, that's why I keep, yeah, I keep the running list because it's like, oh, I love this, I need it. And then I just kind of wait and, or either I'll look for something because I too, like, if there's a certain product I want, I want a certain quality, but I also kind of only want to spend this much money on it. So I just search, but then it makes it fun as you, you know, trying to, Find the perfect thing that fits all of those boxes. All of the boxes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And sometimes yeah. I find it and sometimes I've spent a little more or you know, you find a deal. But I think, yeah, just writing out a list because I think a lot of it is that of the moment spending. And you know, you think that you need it, but you really don't. Or you, don't. Yeah. Or you think you love it, but you don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You must mm-hmm. get such a feeling of satisfaction though, when you know what you want and you've done mm-hmm. all the research and you have all this criteria and then you find it it's got to feel so good
2: it does it does absolutely I mean and I think part of it too is practicing this kind of delayed gratification which is hard for people as well but really implementing that and then once you do buy it I mean like anything if you're saving up for something too and then you finally buy it it just feels so much better um and you love it even more so yeah it makes it more special um, you know, or I'll look for a really long time. And I feel like more of my impulse buys are something that I've already been on my list for a while. So I still kind of get that rush of like, well, I'm just going to buy it now, but it's been yeah. on my list for many months. And I've looked around I've thinking about it, you know, mm-hmm. what you're looking for, it does feel better because a, a typical
0: impulse buy If it's not planned, you haven't been saving for it necessarily, right? So it just comes out of, well, maybe off your credit card or out of your savings. Mm -hmm. And like, I never feel good about that. Whereas when I'm intentional about something and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start putting money aside in my mind. And then when that money goes to that use, like I actually am... totally fine with spending that money mm-hmm. I, I don't you know have any
2: as it's better for your wallet as well well know? yes it's like absolutely. the actual money part of like just buying to buy or these impulse mm-hmm. buys and then figuring out how to pay for it or now your credit cards at x y and z you know versus yeah. making a list working towards something setting aside money um and then buying it when it's right
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I'm mean, the, the savings in that way too
1: thinking back to myself like I used to be a very compulsive online shopper <laughs> And like the actual purchase I'd be so excited about. And then the parcels would come and I wouldn't even open them because by that point I didn't really care. Uh I would just, I just loved to shop. It was ridiculous.
2: I mean, well, and I talk about this too. I mean, on my website, it's like, I'm not asking you to not shop. I love shopping, but I mean, I love to like wander and look. And I just think about, you know what I mean? So I'm not saying you can't do that.
1: What I ended up doing was I was living in Toronto at the time and i decided like cold turkey if i needed something and i really wanted something i had to buy it in person so if i mm-hmm. wanted i was buying a lot of clothes at the time or accessories or whatever mm-hmm. and so i said like you know if you want it i live downtown you're going to go into the store you can try it on and you're going to buy it fix the problem anyway yeah i, I just didn't want to go to the store so i didn't really, really? want it that bad <laughs>
0: Yeah. And for you, Joe, like it was kind of right in that time where like you like were done school, you had a good paying job, you had income coming in, you probably didn't have like a ton of costs. Like, well, I did have a lot of costs
1: actually, because I was living in Toronto and I was living by myself. That's true. So I was very rent poor. I had my car parking and like my expenses were very high compared to whatever the... You know, ratios are because Toronto is really expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I just, yeah, I felt like Your
0: Tara doesn't know anything about
1: expensive
2: places. Oh, just yeah, God, like, <laughs> same, same, same. <laughs> but <you felt> also, <laughs> where this mindset really helps living here. But yeah,
1: no, I think I was like, it was just the first time in my life that I had a consistent good mm-hmm. income. Yeah, and I always loved to shop online, and when I was in university, I didn't really because I was in university and I was a student and I didn't have a lot of money. And then I could, so I was so excited about being able to buy things, mm-hmm. but I was doing it completely haphazardly. And anyways, I, I curbed it, um, <laughs> but it took some realization that I was just literally burning my money and.
2: Yeah. You know? I mean, it's some of the two are the, the feelings and emotions that come with that. Why so are you doing this? Yeah. yeah, why are you doing this? How can you work through that? How can you get those? I mean, to me, I get those same feelings shopping the way that I do now and Mm -hmm. having this kind of rules or budget around how I spend doesn't feel restrictive. It feels more expansive. So I think taking, realizing that those same feelings can come from exactly spending and just money. Totally.
1: And even like now I find like I do the, like I shop kind of once a week online, I save my purchases. Mm -hmm. I end up not buying most of it But then when I do buy something, I'm excited to use it. And every time I use it, I feel good about it because I'm so Mm -hmm. excited about it. Right. Which never happened before, like ever. So I, yeah, I think it's really cool that you're coaching women in that space. And I would have never thought about it from a home perspective. Mm -hmm. I love that angle.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, obviously now we're in it so much more, you know, just being at home, but I look at the home too, as far as one, oh, a foundation to kind of build your values and belief on and reflect that. But also, I mean, this is where you kind of control your space. So if you can implement these practices and mindsets and all of that in the home, then I see that, then that kind of trickles out to outside of the home and the actions that you have on the day to day. So
1: yeah, also I think said, just you said something that- about You know how if you can do this and you can kind of slowly tackle it, your house becomes a reflection of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I absolutely love. I love going to someone's house and you walk in and you're like, oh my God, this feels like them. Yeah. Everything about it feels like them. And you don't get that very often anymore. Mm -hmm. Like everybody, I mean, I live in suburbia. Everyone's houses look identical. Everyone has Mm -hmm. the same countertops and cabinets and you you don't really get that hominess. Right.
2: I mean, you can also have those. You you get those same feelings as well. Yeah. Whether it's calm, mm-hmm. you know, sparking creativity, or more clarity, you know, like you get those same benefits, and you just feel more ease in your space. I mean, even our living room, I change up the coffee table, and you know, it's like this big square one and a smaller one, and it just it felt better to like. And I did a smaller dining table that had softer corners. So it just felt lighter and more airy and more open. It was the same size room, you know what I mean? But it yeah, just true. felt better and I could move through the space in a different way. I think home has a lot of impact on you, um, more than what some people realize. So if you can kind of, I mean, on my website, it says, you know, reclaim the space and really take a hold of it and make it work for you. It makes a difference.
1: It's a really interesting way to frame it because a lot of people who are, potentially unhappy with their home or, you know, it's always, it's not big enough, let's move. Mm -hmm. But kind of taking the time to make whatever you have function better for you without having to, you know, do something incredibly disruptive to your life or something Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe a stretch financially or otherwise is a really, I think it's a really empowering way to frame it. Yeah, I agree. So this is something we ask everybody, what is one thing, and it can be absolutely anything not related to anything we've talked about, or maybe it is, but you wish you knew about money earlier in your life?
2: I think the main takeaway for me and just my upbringing and kind of thinking about my money stories and what I tell myself is, you know, that money can do good in the world. And just because you have a lot of it doesn't mean that it makes you a bad person. So I think for me realizing that whatever money I do have can make an impact. And I think a lot of why I love this work as well is like, even if you don't have a lot of extra money to give, or you can't donate or all of that stuff, like buying from these brands does make an impact and makes a difference in the world. So yeah, I think for me, just viewing money in a different way, and that it can be a tool for change. And then investing early, <laughs> I think is important. Yeah, compound interest. I love yeah. that. Um, I
0: love the, the part about impact, because it's so true. It's like, I think so many people want to, you know, make a positive impact and they think through money, you know, donating or charity or supporting different causes is the best way to do it. But where you spend your money has a huge impact, right? Like, who are you giving your money to? Where are you putting it? And I think having that mentality around your spending can be very powerful.
2: Yeah, you vote with your dollar, so. Exactly. You know, every time you're spending, you you have the option to say what you do and don't want the future to be like or you know who you're supporting with that exactly
0: thanks so much for coming
2: on it was so great chatting and so fun I'm so happy it worked out um and it's, it's also just encouraging to see other people that are you know not in this space to have similar beliefs or start to see how it can impact their life and they've you know just the stories you guys told of making these changes in your own habits so it's exciting to hear Don't forget
0: to subscribe and join us every Tuesday for a money date wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure
1: to follow us on Instagram at Zero Broke Girls for details on upcoming episodes, how to find our guests and more. As always, if anything you hear sparks something you'd like to talk or learn about, let
0: us know. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. We can't wait to chat next week.